Cars are hard. I have an intuitive sense of momentum and friction, but that doesn't cut it when you're in a race and you're pushing a car to its limits. And that definitely doesn't cut it when you're racing in the 26th century. Vehicle dynamics in F0X, both real and made up. Tonight on the Commune Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Commune Podcast. We are back this time to talk about F0X, and this time we will be talking all about vehicle dynamics, which is to say the physics of cars and how you drive them and stuff. So, Wario fan, how have you been doing? I've been better. Kind of got sick last weekend and I'm still kind of recovering off of that. Ah, that stinks. The whole flu season. Ah, uh, tell me about it. How have you been doing in F0X? Well, I was doing pretty good up until uh, expert mode, and that's when I started. Blah, that's that's when I started losing, and I just um, I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's a pretty steep jump in difficulty. It's not not a graceful transition. I well, know. Are you an expert at F Zero X? It's called expert mode, right? So I'm afraid I I'm more of a standard at F Zero X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah wait a minute like a beginner is someone who's beginning uh, an expert is someone who's an expert a master is someone who is a master but a standard isn't a type of person right it's for everyone else <laughs> it should be like a normie or something I don't know um <laughs> yeah anyway. that wouldn't be weird if the difficulty mode was called normie <laughs> <laughs> Adrian, how are you doing? Good. Better. Better now that I can finally move on in peace with the 2D game I was working on. Oh, yeah. What happened there? In some aspects, I did kind of just give up with the collision detection, but the main thing was just realizing that this all this shit is just placeholders, so I don't need to need them to work exactly with the, the sprites I was using. And then it was just keeping it even-numbered, which is one of those things that you sort of stumble upon that should be more, like said, more in tutorials, which is... So, when you're ever, you're doing hitboxes, you want it to be divisible by two, because whenever you need to set a sprite origin, that makes problems if it's an odd number width to where you have issues where, oh, I want to turn my character left, but they're actually jutting out one from the center, because, you know, it's not the same. Oh, I see. Okay. So it was crap like that, and then adjusting for the one case where if you jump in the air and you do a sword slash, the character stands upright, which means the hitbox extends upward, which can cause them to clip. So I just made one special case for that whenever you hit the attack button in the air, and that was it. There you go. It moves just fine now. It doesn't clip anymore. That's good. It's just one of those things that it's like, you know, if the people making Game Maker tutorials even knew half the shit of what they should for the kind of things they're doing and they weren't just constantly making baby stuff that would help speed things up yourself you're on this podcast how are you doing i'm doing fine all right have you played another racing game yeah i'm pretty sure i played <laughs> plenty of racing games the choose choose one that you thought was interesting i really like snowboarding games and well the one of those i played most recently was now, I won't talk about 1080 anymore. Uh, SSX3 is a good snowboarding game. That's PS2? It is. Was there any anything distinctive about how the snowboards work? 
snowboards, at least on a conceptual level, work a little differently than cars because they don't have an accelerator. So your acceleration is entirely tied to the terrain. So getting speed always requires you to find the steepest slope or the place where you can fall for the farthest. You're always taking advantage of gravity for speed. That is interesting. Wario fan, have you played any other racing games? I've dipped in, yeah. I've played uh, the Sega All-Stars Racing. Oh. Just the first one. Does that one have Shenmue in it? His name's Ryo. Uh, yeah, it does have Shenmue. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) John Shenmue. (laughs) Yeah, he was the original designer of Sonic. (laughs) Um, So, how did the cars control in that game? I'm trying to remember. It's been a few years. Oh, gosh, how did they control? Fine, they controlled fine. It's a kart racing game, right? Yeah. Was it similar to Mario Kart? Yeah, it was It was similar to Mario Kart, except everybody had bigger cars instead of, you know, the dinky little carts. Right. And there was the uh, the rubber band AI going on. How is the control different than an F-Zero? Was it easier to make turns? Yeah, yeah, I think drifting was a bit easier, because I think generally it is because F-Zero prides itself on, on its speed. So when you're not in like a, a futuristic hovercraft going eight thousand miles an hour, it's it's a lot easier to do drifting and, and stuff like that. Yeah, actually. And in F Zero drifting is a huge drain on your speed, whereas in All Stars Racing I'm sure it's the kind of game where drifting is the optimal route. Yeah. But isn't I would assume you get a boost from drifts, right? Yeah, basically. You know, I'm just I'm just thinking back to high school. I remember switching between the uh, F-Zero GX and Mario Kart Double Dash every so often and just going to Mario Kart and going like, what, this is as fast as we go? <laughs> God. Yeah, it is for babies. Well, well it does have baby park. park. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so don't play racing games that have babies in them. You can <laughs> pretty much figure out what they're going to be like. <laughs> Very true. Adrian, have you played any other racing games? With babies in them? <sighs> Hmm. With yes, she's played them. Muppet Baby Racing. I, oh my god. Uh, unfortunately, I, I was going to pick Mario Kart. I mean, I have dabbled in the other racing games, but not that much. Like, I have played Mad Riders and some of the Motor Storm games, but I never owned them, so I didn't get to play, you know, more than a few tracks. Well, we haven't had anyone talk about Wave Race 64. Uh, how would you say the jet ski is controlled? Uh, well, very different because there's no. Well, there is kind of a grip. Well, not. Hang on. Does it have a grip stat? I forget. Yeah, they have a grip stat. Okay, yeah. It's one of the ones you can tweak. Yeah, that's weird. It really just affects how well you turn. I think it might also affect how high you go off the water. I think it does like, sort of affect how deep you sit in the water. Okay, that would make sense. Considering that grip has. Mostly to do with um, traction. Yeah, but in Wave Race 64, you don't get the kind of situation where you you drift and you can't steer anymore. You, you don't run into anything like that. What would you say is interesting about how your jet ski moves in Wave Race 64? Um, that you can only 
turn when it's moving unless you're absolutely still that's one thing that's um interesting about wave race and at the same time also pretty annoying like once you uh especially in port bay i think it is that really sharp s turn that it has where you get stuck and then it actually takes a while to get yourself unstuck because you can't turn enough in order to get out of the damn way <laughs> that is uh interesting more normally you might cut your speed a little for a turn and doing so takes on a different character because of how the mechanics of the jet ski are is yeah just like i was saying with snowboards working differently because or games working differently because they're snowboards wave race is a good translation of jet skis working like jet skis should yeah all right We're going to talk about three forces exerted on a car. Forward, sideways, and up and down. The forward force is called longitudinal, the sideways force is called lateral, and the up and down force is called vertical. By combining them, we have a complete understanding of how a car moves in 3D space. It's easier said than done though. First, cars really are hard. The physics at work aren't trivial. Second. F-Zero-X doesn't imitate normal car physics. Sometimes the cars behave like they have wheels, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they behave like they have wings, and sometimes they don't. To understand F-Zero-X cars, you'll have to combine a car, a plane, and make up some stuff along the way. Up first is that which makes you go. Longitudinal force. So I wanted to talk about vehicle dynamics in F-Zero-X in specific, and there are three different forces that will be placed on your car. One is longitudinal, which is to say front and back, and that's how fast you go through the course. One is lateral, that's side to side, and that's how you turn. And one is vertical, and that's pretty rare, but it's stuff that would make your car bump up and down. And as we talk about this, you got to remember that these forces are relative to the car itself. So an example would be like, if your nose was pointed straight down to the earth, then longitudinal force would be pulling you down towards the earth. First I wanted to get at longitudinal force, which would be how you carry speed through the course. Wario fan, how do you gain speed in F-Zero-X? The big one would be boosting, which is either through boost pads on the track or boosting on your own accord well even before that is there's i mean something real basic i know this is kind of oh dumb, but oh oh you hold the gas button yeah <laughs> or whatever they burn in the future air yeah it could run on air <laughs> uh. oxygen based things maybe they burn jet skis <laughs> <laughs> and yeah there are boost pads uh yourself and adrian is there any other way to gain speed in f0x some dick hits you from behind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, though. I guess it's also worth mentioning that you can tweak how the acceleration works for each car. Um, some of it is determined by your statistics on the car, like the, the grade lettering you have and your uh, mass. But before you begin each race, you can tweak the car's tendency towards acceleration or top speed. 
So Warrior Fan, how do you lose speed in F Zero X? The brake button. That's true, that's one <laughs> way. One one thing is is if you're trying to, to knock other racers off the track, that really reduces speed. Doing those spin attacks. Oh yeah, the spin attack. Adrian and yourself, are there any other ways you might lose speed? When some dick hits you from the front. <laughs> <laughs> There are, I guess, more passive things that affect your uh, speed. You know, uh, driving in dirt lowers your uh, speed. Drifting lowers your speed. Just turning lowers your speed. Yeah, well, this is maybe a place where it's weird to break it into latitudinal and longitudinal forces. But yeah, in the sense that, like, if you're going due north and you turn due east then you still have force or you still have momentum pushing you north versus east. So you're like re-accelerating, basically. You're not actually slowing down so much as like, well, your acceleration doesn't slow down. Uh, it's just you, it changes directions. I just mean, uh, if you look at that, if you look at the numbers at the bottom of the screen, they decrease when you turn, right? Yeah, sure. That wouldn't be a decrease in lot. Longitudinal force, though. Force and velocity aren't the same thing. Oh. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I sh should have thought about this more before we started the discussion. Well, that's, I mean, I, honestly, I'm just going off of that uh, Luke McMillan article. So maybe, so longitudinal force is your acceleration, whereas your velocity is like your, uh, um, well, maybe you could, you could explain the difference to us. Well, Force is mass times acceleration, so each car that you use has a mass, and uh, you can configure the acceleration a little bit, but essentially you can think of any car's engine producing a constant force. So at a higher mass, it produces less acceleration, but the same amount of force. The product of the applied force is velocity, so acceleration is how much your velocity increases over a period of time if that number at the bottom of the screen that'd be your velocity right so your acceleration can remain constant while your velocity changes for instance in the example i just said where when you change directions your acceleration is no longer applying to the direction you were moving previously or the force is no longer in the direction you were moving previously, so your velocity goes down because the acceleration's at like a tangent to the velocity. Right. But basically, the force produced by the engine never actually changes. When you're doing a regular turn. Right, when you're just steering. So when it actually does change is when you're applying brake because that we could characterize as like a friction force. So the force on the vehicle is the sum of all applied forces. So your force from the engine and force from friction are in opposite directions. So your total force is less in that situation. When you're drifting, forget about using the brake. Let's say you trigger a drift by turning too hard. Would that also be a decrease in acceleration? Drifting... In F-Zero, since it exists in, like, a fictional world, this is kind of where we have to start making up what the physics are. 
but it works close enough to what you would assume reality would be that you can say that the way that the force from the engine translates into force on the vehicle is by traction with the course. Normally that the point of contact is your tires. <laughs> F-Zero doesn't, obviously the vehicles don't make contact with the course, so the very idea of drifting really doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, you just have to pretend that it does have tires. So, because force is applied to the car by the traction with the ground, when you're drifting, the traction with the ground is substantially lessened. So even though the engine is producing the same amount of force, a lot of it is not actually being applied to the car because it doesn't have any traction. So the wheels are just kind of spinning and doing nothing. The engine is applying force that does not get translated into the course, into the like car's interaction with the course. Yeah, it doesn't translate into velocity because the wheels spin, so, you know, the, the force doesn't go nowhere. The wheels still spin, but if they're not touching the ground, the car doesn't move forward. Right. They're exceeding the, uh, the force of friction, and that's how they spin in place. So, basically, brake is applying too much friction, and it counters the force of the engine, and drifting is taking away too much friction or applying too little friction, and therefore also takes away from the resultant force of the engine. So when you have a higher grip, that would mean that you're able to turn farther without triggering that drift because you don't. it's harder to get to that point. Right. So in terms of grip, it doesn't seem to have any direct effect on speed when you're in a normal driving state. So we could say, like, the tires are always making contact. If you're just driving straight, and holding down the accelerator, the tires are always making contact, never losing friction, and so everyone gets the same result. But grip affects basically how easy it is to break that force of friction that Adrian just mentioned. So a car with lower grip can exceed the force of friction at a lower speed because there's a lesser force of friction. In that case, you tend to drift more frequently and since drifting, you know, loses you speed, that means ultimately that's kind of something you want to avoid. To more specifically explain, like, I tested this a little bit and basically just went about seeing at what point each car goes into a drift, like how fast it needs to be going to start drifting. And you tested this based on all of the characteristics Although, I tried to um, isolate mass and grip. And so, the result of the test was that grip definitely affects it. You know, if your grip's an E, it's like, I don't know, around 800, 850 kilometers per hour. If you're an average mass, that any tweak to the control... There, there's like a really small window of tweaking your steering that will never trigger drift, yeah. I think. Like, if you're just, like, slightly leaning on the analog stick. Yeah, because it's, it's within the, um, I think it's called a slip angle. There's, a, there's another way where um, cars slip, and that's when they're turning. One is just through sh going in a straight line. 
or the tires slip because they spin too fast. Another is when they turn at a speed to where, you know, the wheels will steer, but it won't actually go in the direction the tire is pointing. So in F-Zero-X, the first one doesn't exist, but it does have the slip angle. Right, you don't, yeah, it has the slip angle. You don't actually go so fast in F-Zero that it um, slows down. Right, and, you, the acceleration never stops being applied if you're just going in a straight line. Right. Which makes sense for something that doesn't have tires. So that's yeah. why it's like so weird that it's like a mix of these two physical models of like a jet engine and also a like mechanical engine. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so then mass also has an effect on it. So the heavier vehicles will be able to go to higher speeds before they actually slip when turning. It's actually a significant offset to the grip rating. So like a car that has a grip rating of C but only weighs 770 kilograms is going to slip at a lower speed than a car with a grip rating of E that weighs 2,200 kilograms. Something about that mass gives you more friction. Right, because, you know, if you think about it, there's, assuming that there's gravity there or some magnetic force or whatever that's holding you to the track and causing the frictional force in the first place, that greater mass incurs a greater frictional force. Right. If these cars had tires, then you could imagine the weight pulling it into the course. Right. As we go through these forces, you can tell it's hard to separate one from the other. Your longitudinal force is impacted by your application of lateral force, so when we discuss one, we get wrapped up in the other. With that in mind, let's shift our focus to lateral force. So yourself, you've mentioned all the ways in which uh, turning might affect your grip, but what ways can you turn? There are actually, uh, I guess, a number of options. So you can just steer, uh, which is essentially changing your rudder angle or what have you, changing your course directly. And so when you're at a speed below that slipping threshold we were talking about, that will just directly change what angle your acceleration is being applied at. If you're above that slipping velocity, then any steering will immediately kick you into a slipping state or a drifting state. And at that point, you do get some traction still. It's not like you don't turn at all, but the angle of your vehicle turns substantially more than it actually moves in that direction. Like, so you sort of change the way it's pointing, but it's actually not moving really in the way that it's pointing. It's kind of continuing on in the direction that it was moving before. Yeah. So that's kind of a different turn unto itself. Theoretically, you can use that to turn around wider angles, but because you don't get the direct application of your engine force, it 
means that you tend to move slower than if you are just steering within your slipping range. So basically, like if you could go up to 850 kilometers per hour without slipping, then you're best off trying to turn at less than 850 kilometers per hour because once you start slipping, you're not going to be getting force applied in the direction you want anyway and your speed is going to be dropping substantially and you'll be going down to like 700 kilometers per hour. I think an important caveat there would be your boost. Well, I am not entirely sure what happens with boosting during drifting. Like, it seems like while you're drifting, it still has... Well, it it would make sense that while you're drifting, it still has a substantially reduced effect on your velocity. But the idea is that boost lasts for a fixed period of time and is basically just this um, period in which your acceleration is way higher than it normally is. Your acceleration is way higher, but what angle does it go in? Right. So it's like if you're drifting, it's not going in the angle you want it to, or it's not entirely being applied because you have no traction. But as soon as you come out of the drift, if you're still boosting, you'll get your speed back a lot quicker than if you hadn't boosted at all, because you'll be at this really high acceleration state in this really high acceleration state. So drifting is a way to turn the angle of your car and then like start boosting and when you come out of the drift you'll like suddenly start flying in that direction more quickly than if you had had to build up the speed naturally right and i guess theoretically if you wanted to turn at a 90 degree angle it might make sense rather than trying to go in the correct arc to do a 90 degree turn in f-zero it kind of never works out that way because of the specific numbers there's no like general case in which any one thing or one way of turning is necessarily better than another. Adrian, are, is there any other way of taking a turn? There was actually one thing I wanted to comment about what yourself was saying earlier in that when I played with Stuart, uh, working within that slip range, it basically made me more conscious of letting go of the acceleration button so I could make those turns and not hit that slip angle. Yeah, that's what yeah, it made so, me do. So just to clarify, Stuart has a D in grip, and I think his craft weighs like eleven hundred kilograms or something like that. So yeah. it has a really low slipping velocity. Yeah, he slips at around eight hundred kilometers uh, per hour, whereas Captain Falcon was up in the thousands. So yeah, is <laughs> two hundred kilometers worse. So it made me actually pay more attention to how I was accelerating and even letting go, which is something that I wasn't actually doing that often with Captain Falcon, which was having to let go when I needed to. Because while you can use the side dash, it was still better to maintain that acceleration. So letting go was actually better in that case instead of relying on the side dash. Yeah, wait, so you found you found it was better to slow down to take turns than to use the side dash? Yeah, with uh, Stuart. Okay. I've been finding that to be the case with some racers as well. Actually, interestingly, in the opposite situation of Adrian, where, like, I've been testing it out with Samurai Goro, who has a really high slipping speed because he weighs, like, 1,800 kilograms or something like that and has a B in grip. 
So he gets a lot of traction, and his slipping speed is up around 1050 kilometers per hour. But I just, when I'm going into a turn, just try to make sure my speed is less than 1050. And then I don't have to worry about whether I'm going to drift or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I know I can like hold all the way left on the control stick and be fine. Yeah. Okay. Using the side bash, it shifts you in space to the side so that you can, uh, your turn angle angle doesn't need to be as sharp, right? Right. And in some cases you don't have to turn at all. Like there's some S turns in the game where you can just, sort of do a shift sideways to make it through the turn without having to adjust your steering at all. So that's that's a strange force and it's an example of how fictional F0X is in that it allows you to move through space without having to apply any kind of acceleration. Right. I guess just to clarify, the moments where Stuart where I realize that, oh, it's actually better for me to decelerate here is usually with um those sort of wide three-point it's called a three-point turn in racing, but I don't know what to call it. It's, it's kind of like a horseshoe kind of thing, where it's not that sharp of a turn, but it is just sharp enough that the side bash really isn't worth it. Do you have an example of it in one of the courses? Oh, God. Let me see. Which course actually made me do that? I, got, God, I don't have these courses memorized, even though I've been playing them so much. There are a lot of them. It's harder than with Wave Race, where there's only like... Seven courses to remember. Yeah. Well, Adrian's thinking about the course. One of the other arbitrary properties of the side bash that you can't really map to any physical reasoning is that it does sort of reset your speed to, I think, what your cruising speed is. I notice it jump. It tends to jump down to around 800 kilometers per hour after you do a side bash. Maybe that's why I don't have to pay attention to my speed then. It, like manages my speed for me so that I don't enter that drift state. Yeah, it sort of is like an instantaneous break rather than like uh, having a force applied. And once again, if you boost through it, you know, it doesn't reset your boost. So if you are boosting and then do a side bash, you still have that heightened acceleration and get a lot of speed back quickly. Wario fan, are there any course elements that'll affect your grip? Yeah. There's ice. That has a big effect. So what happens when you're driving over ice? Uh, Same thing that happens when you're walking over ice. You uh... (laughs) fall down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you you lose control. Your your turns have a little bit of a delay in them. It makes it harder to drift out. You kind of got to plan in advance knowing that the ice is coming up. Yeah, like you have to plot a straight course through the ice because you can't turn during it. Right. One thing I found on Big Hand is that you can also cheat the ice using the side bash and that if you misjudge your course a little bit, you can correct it with the side bash and it'll let you skirt away from the edge of the course and you can keep going without having to slow down too much. Oh, that's neat. There's something related to how the course affects your steering. If you hit a wall, I'm not sure the exact rules of it, but you tend to go into a drift state after bouncing off a wall. You also very frequently go into a drift if you get hit from the side by another racer. That screws me up like 
I feel like 90% of races I lose are because some important point in time I get hit from the side by someone. Yeah. And that, uh, I guess, whatever force that bump applies to your car causes it to lose grip. Uh, one thing for uh, about grip, to regain your grip whenever you do uh, lose it, it's pretty much letting the car recenter, right? Making sure all the force is applied in one direction. Okay. Yeah, you gotta, like, line yourself up with the direction you're moving. I'm not sure if it's for a period of time or it's probably until you reach a certain uh, level of force in the same direction that you'll regain your grip. Wouldn't it just be eventually you lose the acceleration in whatever tangential directions they might be in and all of your acceleration will be in one place? Does that make any sense, what I just said? Yeah, I think what you're saying is that when you point into the direction or you steer into the direction that you're moving, then you realign your vehicle's traction with the sideways or lateral force that you're experiencing. Yeah. And like a unification of the two forces or whatever allows you to regain traction. It's all like that much more abstract because we don't actually have tires to like look at and see like, oh, obviously when a tire's moving sideways, it's not going to move the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we didn't talk about the tilting type of turns. You know, the hold R in turn, hold L in turn. I guess I call them tilting. I don't know what they're... What does the manual call that? I honestly don't know. I call it the side brake. Yeah. Which is more or less the idea. Basically, you increase the traction on that side of the car, so it does slow you down some. Increase the traction on that side of the car, I feel like, would, wouldn't that twist you or turn you? Well, it does, doesn't it? If you hold R, don't you start leaning to the right? You move to the right, but your your nose is still pointed in the same direction. Yeah, yeah. that's just one of those places where... This is not a real physical model. Right, you like strafe. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. a car. That's, that's how I always thought of it, though. Yeah, so when you do that, you can make a sharper turn, and it does cost you some speed, but it also allows you to boost through the turn, which can kind of offset the speed loss. The weird bit about that is that if you do that if you go into a tilt and then you stop tilting before you stop steering then you'll go into a drift yeah so there's some pretty heavy punishments for using the strafe move that one it slows down it slows you down quite a bit and two if you let go too early you'll go into a drift and i find that there's a risk reward there with the side bash where with the side bash you're committing to a certain to strafe a certain distance at a sudden speed, so it can be more difficult to use, but you also face less of a speed decrease, and you won't trigger drift. Whereas if you just use the side brake and, and strafe slowly, you can customize it and only strafe as far as you need, but you also face that decreased speed and possibility of drift. Yeah, and braking is the other sort of approach where, like, Braking is maybe a more traditional way of turning, but it takes away some of the irregularity or unpredictability of doing like the tilt or the side bash turn, where theoretically, when you're going a certain speed into a turn, 
the idea is you want to keep as much of that speed as possible when you come out. So if you go in at 900, you want to come out at 900. So you know if you do a tilt, you're going to lose a lot of speed because, as we said, it, it increases your traction and it starts to go down. So you all set that with a boost, and then you might come out at 900 again. Or you might accidentally steer too far and go into a drift, or you might come out faster because the boost basically set in early enough that you you know got enough speed off it that it fully offset and did more than what the uh, tilt took away. Whereas with braking, you just circumvent all of that and say like, okay, I'm going in at 900. I know I can make this turn at 900 as long as I don't touch either of the walls and I don't go any faster than that. Braking is a way of maintaining your speed so that you don't pass above and trigger a, a drift threshold. Right, so it takes away some of the uncertainty and just says, or, or it's the approach of keeping your speed steady throughout. Of course, the risk there is if you overbrake, uh, then you've lost a lot of speed that you're not going to get back. It's harder to boost during a turn if you're braking or if your approach was to brake because then you are susceptible to drift in the or the slipping threshold the same way you normally would be, uh, whereas you're not when you're tilting. So it's a trade-off. That's why I said that I, I'm using the brake with faster characters because it's um, like, or, or maybe not faster characters so much as the ones that have higher top speed and uh, less acceleration. Because that way you don't have to re worry about regaining the speed. Like, you want to just... The idea of a character like Samurai Goro is just to try and keep 1,000 all the time. Right, and break keeps you from going too far above 1,000 that you lose, lose it. Right, and going 1,000 is pretty fast, so it tends to be good enough. <laughs> So, grip, or the traction of your tires on the road, impacts both how fast you can go and how well you can turn. Now the last force on our list is vertical force. And last, there's vertical force, which is force placed to make your car go up or down. Adrian, how do you gain airtime? Usually via ramps. It's sometimes also the curvature in the course itself. If it steeps up and goes back down uh, sharp enough, it will cause your car to... Car. Your... Craft. What are these called? Yeah, your craft to go up in the air. So I think when they're called racing, racing machines. <laughs> yep. When you say ramp, you don't mean like a, the course is built so that it tilts up. You mean something specific. Yeah, I mean those in, say, Mute City 3, those pink bars that launch your car up into the air. I mean those things. Yeah. You can also gain air in the tubes. Not the one where you're inside the tube. The one where you're outside the tube, like in Port Blue, I think, where yeah. if you go around the pipe... It's Big Blue. Port Blue is Wave Race. <laughs> I called it Port Blue, too. <laughs> yeah. So, Big Blue, if you go around the pipe in the wrong way, it can actually have you fly off the course, which did happen to me once. It happened to you once? It happens to me <laughs> all the time. 
That's why um, whenever I round some of those corners, I make sure to hold up on the stick so that to keep myself from doing that. Mm -hmm. Are there any ways that you can convert this into speed, longitudinal force? Yep. It's uh, aiming your car down so that it has gravity working for it so that you can go faster. When you're in the air, you're faster because you can use gravity to uh, go with your acceleration. The other thing that I find that helps a lot is you want to tilt down and then tilt back up again because when you just go straight down, the car has a sort of hard landing. So if you go down and pitch it back up again so that it's parallel with the trap with the track, the landing's softer and it maintains its speed. If you imagine the force of acceleration on the car and uh, think about when your nose is pointed down, there's a lot of force pointed down towards the earth and so when you hit the track a lot of that force is just lost because it's going down into the earth and your car's not going to do that and it's a video game so your car's not going to crash but it's certainly going to lose whatever force was aimed downward yeah yeah this is another break from the physical model where interestingly in this case instead of mimicking cars we're mimicking airplanes so, like, realistically, if you fell off a ledge, like, in Port Town, it wouldn't matter what direction you turned your car in. All of the Z-axis force would hit against the course. Like, whether or not you had pointed your car to line up or to, to face in the direction of the course or whether it was facing straight down, like, you can't translate that force just by turning the way the car is facing. So, in the case of an airplane, you'd basically get, like, lift applied in that situation. And I don't even feel like or feel comfortable enough to explain how all that works right now. But essentially, like, some kind of lift force needs to be applied for any of that gravitational acceleration to actually translate into longitudinal force. It's weird, and so the only way you get a feel for it is just by playing and experimenting. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's cool. I mean, that's the idea of having a fictional racer, right? You want to invent physics that don't exist. It would be boring if they just worked like cars. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, because one of the things I learned, I've been learning about cars is they're actually more complex than airplanes. And as far as the fixes go, especially when they try to get as close as possible to where you're dealing with each individual spring and axes, axles, my bad, and the the different kind of terrain with the car. So, you know, oh, I'm yeah. just saying real cars are actually kind of interesting. But oh, yeah, I agree. I don't mean to say that a car racing game is inherently boring. I just mean to say there are a million other car racing games. So. If F-Zero is going to be a fictional racing game, why not do something different? Like, it'd be boring for the one game that's not a car racing game to still just be a car racing game. Yeah. <laughs> Mario fan, can you turn during a jump? During a jump? Not well, if I remember right. You can move your uh, up and down, I know that, but I don't think you can turn that much during a jump. Yeah, it's kind of a struggle to get the car to turn, and when you land, if you are not going straight, I'm pretty sure you always go into a drift. 
that's at least my experience from Port Town. Yeah, it's hard to say exactly whether that's a specific property or if that's just the fact that when you come out of a jump, you tend to be going way faster than whatever your slipping speed would be mm. or your slipping threshold would be. Right. I mean, the highest slipping threshold is like 1,100 or something like that, and you're usually going a lot faster than that. Yeah. Can I uh, say something about uh, F-01 here? Yeah. There's one particular level in that game where you have to make a jump. It, it's a, one of those big jumps over, over a huge gap, and if you fall in the gap, you die. White Land 2? White Land 1, I think it is. No, no, you're right, it is White Land 2. And and it's like you can't just go over the, the, the jump pad normally. You have to angle your car downward to get through without a boost. And I thought, holy moly, that's that's some strategy. Just just <laughs> to do it normally. <laughs> I was stuck there when I tried the game initially. Yeah, me too. When you press up and down to angle your craft, it doesn't look like you're doing anything. I know, I know. Oh, gosh, it was like, you know, what do they expect you to do here? Because I, I thought I was doing pretty good going around the corners, and it's like, like you don't get a boost until lap two, so it's it's like, how am I supposed to beat this without a boost? <laughs> well, I'm glad I wasn't the only person who got stuck there. No, yeah, I had to look up uh, a, a guide, and, and the guide complains about it, too. So... <laughs> Oh, those whiny FAQ writers. <laughs> so one more note about vertical force. We talked about using the jumps for to get speed and stuff like that. So in terms of actual vertical forces on the car, I think the only two would be gravity and the applied force when you hit one of those jumps. So like when you're talking about like steering down into a fall... Like, you're no longer talking about vertical force, right? Because the axis of the car, you're using gra gravity as a longitudinal force in that case. Yeah. Well, I guess how I would phrase it is uh, it starts out as a vertical force, and you adjust your car's axes so that you bring, you bring gravity into alignment with a different axis on your car. Right. But there's no way other than that to apply vertical forces to your car. Right. Except to, you know, go against gravity or whatever. There's no jump button. <laughs> Mario fan, if you were in F-Zero-X, what would your car's name be? My car's name? Uh, let's see, I don't know. Um, maybe the uh, uh, Flannel Turtle. Ooh. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Um, <laughs> imagining like a, well, I guess this is your car name, not your racer name, but it kind of <laughs> sounds like a turtle lumberjack. Hey, you know that that could be the driver. <laughs> Pico's already a turtle. It'd be like Pico in a lumberjack outfit. <laughs> His brother. Um, <laughs> Adrian, what would your car's name be? Um, El Coqui. What does that mean? Oh, it's it's a frog that's native to Puerto Rico. Oh. 
Yeah, but what's cool about that? Oh, because coquis are cool. They're these tiny frogs that make a very distinct uh, croaking sound. And okay. I want that to play anytime you pass a, a racer goes cookie. <laughs> oh, it should no, it should play whenever you die. You know, one of the death screens. Oh God. Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I love those death screams. There should be a compilation video of those. There's an idea. Um, oh well, there's only just the two. Oh really? Yeah, uh, uh, guy scream and girl scream. And Baba gets the girl scream. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is, um, there's a whole thing about that. <laughs> I uh, just think about Baba's death scream. No, I want to, yeah, I want to hear this. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if this is the kind of podcast. No, we can edit it out. <laughs> yeah, we can edit it out. <laughs> well, um, there's, uh... In F Zero GX, they there's um, when you when you beat races, you get little interview sections, and Obama oh, right. had one where uh, he 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 said um, he calls himself a goddess, and uh, and I think it, also a, 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 maybe I think a drag queen, but these were removed in the U.S. versions, and they replaced them with a generic. Uh, uh, generic questions so um i i guess there might be some sort of element there where where he was intended to be maybe a a, a homosexual icon or something but um yeah. i don't know i guess it kind of got vivianed a bit that stuff is always really weird and well i mean it's just a different cultural norms like it really doesn't translate which is yeah. why i mean yeah it's hard to have a position on whether that's censorship or not because yeah it just seems yeah. bizarre when you explain it like that uh yourself if you had a car in f-zero what would it be uh Maybe. little reindeer little reindeer okay <laughs> not what i was expecting the uh only playable on december 25th f-zero christmas <laughs> edition <laughs> Yeah, Christmas F-Zero. It's like playing Donkey Kong Country 3 in holiday mode. I wonder, is he like dragging Santa by the ropes? and (laughs) 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 Just like seeing him like scraping on the track? (laughs) Uh, No, it's built built from the um, bones of Santa's reindeer. Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is dragging Santa's corpse across. They died in the late 21st century. (laughs) Warrior fan, any final words? Any final words? Well, I hope to continue uh, getting through F-Zero X. I want to be able to to get all... um, How many is it? 20 Xs. All right. But I, I... you want to play 20XX? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I only have eight, so I still got a ways to go. But I you know, I don't even want to consider it my time done here until I at least have all the cars. Yeah, that's a good goal. Yeah, same here. Adrian, any final words? 
F Zero X is a hella fun and hella hard too. Like, oh my god, I almost depending on how uh, the master difficulty goes, it might even be harder than GX in some ways. Gee, I uh, yeah. I don't know. I I came into it thinking it was all right, and then I got to expert, and I was like, this is pretty hard. And then I got used to expert, and now I don't think it's so bad. Okay. GX has a different style of challenges, anyway. Um, the courses seemed way more strict. Well, the really brutal part, I, at least in my experience with GX, was the campaign mode. And those are just, like, really specific challenges to get That's through. That's not just in your experience. <clears throat> right. But those are the kind of things where, like, you literally are just... You can practice over and over again, and you have a more... um. It's like a more repeatable experience, right? So you don't need to get as technically good at the game. You can just play it like a shoot 'em up or something. You can have more particular knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Um, any final words? Twenty XX still isn't out. Oh no! <laughs> I'll leave it in. Um, it's a point nine seven two B version. Getting there. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining me. I enjoy F Zero X and uh, stuff. I like F Zero X. Yeah, it's good. <coughs> good to play a fun game again. All music in this podcast is from F-Zero-X. I'll leave you with this final thought. One major difference between cars in reality and cars in F-Zero-X is that real cars have analog gas pedals and brake pedals. And I guess we're assuming that there's no such thing as gears in the future either. What would these features add to F-Zero-X? Would an analog accelerator trivialize the need to watch your speed? Would a brake pedal change the impact of grip? If you have any comments or questions, please email vgcommune at gmail.com.